podcast about music, health, wellness, and activism that will help you to find balance between life as a musician and self-care through health and wellness. I'm your host, Jazzy Piggott, a tuba player, composer, certified personal trainer, writer, and podcaster based in Baltimore, Maryland. This episode is part two of my interview with Alice Mileman. If you haven't listened to part one, please pause and go back to episode 15 in which we talk about therapy and tips for good communication. To recap, Alice is my former therapist from Ithaca College. Read her bio. Alice is a clinical social worker with over 30 years of experience in the mental health field. She had worked in settings including community mental health, inpatient psychiatric hospitals, and for the last 24 years served as a therapist at the Counseling Center at Ithaca College in Ithaca, New York. She obtained her master's in social work at the University of Nebraska in Omaha. In her free time, she enjoys choral music, singing, cooking for family and friends, mountain and tandem bike riding with her partner, and singing Broadway show tunes. She is always up for a good conversation, whether in person, on the phone, or over Zoom. To recap, last week in part one, we discussed Alice's journey with social work, how she stays active, benefits of counseling groups, and some strategies and the importance of good communication. This week, for part two, we discuss signs to cut off a relationship, tips to have the breakup conversation, working in professional situations with former friends, the seven difficult emotions to articulate, the dynamic nature of balance, communicating joy, the importance of nonverbal communication, and some of the difficulties of Zoom communication. I hope you enjoy the interview. When do you think the issues of a miscommunication are enough to actually cut off a relationship or if it keeps recurring enough that maybe the effort you're putting into patching things up is more than the effort you need for the friendship? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a complicated question because it's, you know, often people do hang on in relationships that just aren't working out for many reasons and many good reasons. Uh, the hope that eventually something will change or having a history with someone that's important and just not wanting to let go of that, feeling like cutting off the relationship would be harmful to another person. So there's all kinds of reasons people do uh, hang in there. And sometimes it is worth it. To keep, to keep communicating and, and maybe get some professional help and all of those things. But I think that there can be a time when the costs outweigh the benefits too much. And I would think, I think, for example, when, when one or both parties in a relationship are feeling just an ongoing sense of being disrespected um, unsupported, devalued, those, those kinds of things are very detrimental to anyone's mental health. 
whether you're the recipient of those kinds of, that kind of treatment or whether you're the perpetuator. It's not good for either party if, if one person is being put down, disrespected, as I said, devalued, because there are some basic rights in every relationship, and that is to the, you know, the right to be supported by your partner or friend, the right to be respected, to have your feelings and your opinions and your, your thoughts validated and uh, the right to, you know, to, to be yourself. There are, you know, when that happens, being able to kind of unhook yourself from that relationship can be so important. And that, you know, it can be very difficult. And usually people need some kind of support from other others in their lives who are giving them, you know, the validation and the respect and support that they that they deserve and need to, to be able to get out of that. Uh, abusive or toxic relationship, very important. And then how do you have that conversation if it does come to that? Because I feel like that that's a really difficult one to be like, yeah, yeah, I don't think we can talk anymore. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, there are all kinds of situations that might require different approaches. So, you know, I, I really, I, I hesitate to say, okay, this, this is the way to do it because it's, there's not just one way. I go back to some of those basic communication skills and the, the kind of risk of vulnerability that is required to have those difficult conversations. To think about what you want the, what, what you want the other person to take away, what you want the other person to understand can be helpful in preparing for, for a difficult conversation like that. Usually a person who is ending a relationship is doing it because they need to do that to take care of themselves. And that really can be the only reason that needs to be given. I need to do this for my own mental health, for my own well-being. Another, I think, really effective communication tool that can help conversations like this is to replace the word but with the word and. Because often there's more than one truth in a communication. And sometimes they're, they're in conflict. For example, I care about you and I need to do something for me. If you say, you know, there's a different feeling when you, when you say, I care about you, but I'm not going to, but I have to say, no, I have to going back to the, you know, the current question, I care about you, but I need to leave this relationship. You know, that might be the, the essence of what you're trying to communicate. Saying I care about you and I need to leave this relationship puts both messages on an equal plane. Often if you say, but the person only hears the second half of that message. You know, you say, I care about you, but 
I have to, you know, I have to end this relationship. They just think, oh, you don't really care about me because there's usually two, two or more truths that are equally and equally true. And sometimes it kind of boils down to, I care about you and I care about me. And I have to put my own needs first. And that doesn't mean that's not going to hurt the other person. And that's the hard part is what do you do with that? How do you feel about that? You might feel guilty. And it's okay to name that. I'm feeling guilty about this. And I still need to do this for myself. I've been feeling disconnected in this relationship for a long time. And that's hurting me. I wish it could be different. And I need to, this is, you know, I need to end it at this time. Those can be all true. It's important to know what your goal is so that you can stay firm in that. If you, if you have through, you know, a process determined that leaving a relationship is the right thing to do, it's okay to keep repeating that even if the other person is, and who knows, the other person might agree. Maybe they've been feeling it too and not had the courage to, to say it. One of my favorite scenes in a movie, uh, it's an old classic. You've got mail with um, Tom Hanks and what's her name? Meg Ryan. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. No, oh, it's a great rom-com. It's one of the classic rom-coms. Anyway, she she is in a relationship with someone and it's gone sour, but they still have this superficial um, daily life that they go through. And she's, you know, terrified to have this conversation. So she doesn't, um, but then he does. And so they're having dinner and she's thinking, oh, here we are again. And he says, you know, I think, I think we need to go our separate ways. And she goes, oh, me too. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of like the way when you said sometimes those conversations that you put off out of anxiety actually are pretty easy. Not always though. Anyway, did, did I say enough, do you think, about the kind of when a relationship needs to, to end? I think you could elaborate a little bit more on like knowing when it needs to end. Mm-hmm. Knowing when, that is, so that really is about communication within yourself. How many times of disconnection, how long do you let something go on that doesn't feel right. It's an individual, individual thing. And it often involves having some honest conversations with yourself about what you value in relationships. How, how are you taking care of yourself? What are some non-negotiables in relationships? You know, have you, been um, giving too much or giving up too much to maintain a relationship that isn't really meeting your needs anymore? Have you, like, these are just some questions to ask oneself. 
are there things you haven't said that might need to be said, which could help with reconnection or help validate your own feeling that, okay, this isn't, this isn't salvageable. Doing some journal writing can be a helpful exercise to get yourself, help yourself get in touch with your own kind of communicating with yourself or talking to a therapist or talking to a friend. You know, are there, are there things that are weighing on you that you haven't told anybody? Thinking about, you know, why, why are, why would you stay in the relationship versus why would you not? Um, doing some, you could do some mental rehearsal that can be useful. Imagine yourself having a conversation with your, with this, with this other person and ending the relationship and seeing how it feels after that mental rehearsal or um, imagining yourself a year from now in this relationship that and nothing has changed how how would you feel to kind of get at what are what are some of the barriers either for moving into more intimate communication that might need to happen with this person in order to really get at the root of what's what's wrong or what are the barriers to speaking that truth that this isn't feeling workable anymore and I need to, to make the kind of change which means getting out of the relationship. Okay, so that makes me think actually about, because in music, there's a lot mm -hmm. of like collaborative things, especially when chamber music comes or if you're in a section mm -hmm. with somebody. So what do you do if there's a professional tie that is keeping you in contact with this person, despite you knowing that it's not a relationship that can continue? Yes, that is very tricky. And that's where I think, I mean, I, I don't have a magic answer for that. I think that is difficult. And I, I don't want to take away from that. The mentality of that, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The dialectic, which is that two truths are both, two things are both true at the same time, even though they might seem opposite. Kind of having that mindset of there are things that I admire, respect, and care about with this person. And this is not someone I can have a personal relationship with can help bridge that gap so that you can, when you're in this professional working role with them, you can act on the one truth. There's, there's things I respect and admire about you, and, but not, not the other. You know, when you're not in a, when you're not in their presence, you can validate that, okay, this is, I don't have to think about them. I don't have a relationship with a personal relationship with them. You know, I think that's for cultivating an ability to be responsive rather than reactive to situations is really helpful in those kinds of 
uh, potentially tense situations where you can kind of remain calm and be able to, to be courteous, civil, you know, work on a project together and kind of put any reactivity to the personal issues that kind of got you tangled up in the first place or in the past. You can let them go, knowing that you don't have to put any energy into those things anymore because there is no personal relationship outside of the professional. I don't know. Does that, is that helpful? Yes, that is. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's easy though. So I don't, yeah. <laughs> and it can, it can take time. You know, that first, that first encounter after you've had a breakup, whatever that, whatever kind of relationship you had, whether you, you broke it off. And again, sometimes it can help to communicate together about that. You know, we're going to be in this, in this working relationship. I want it to be productive and respectful. Can I get your cooperation with that? Are, are you, um, you've been in that kind of situation? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. happened. <laughs> it's always difficult. Uh, it's just, I don't think it's ever going to get easier. I mean, it gets easier with time. Like the first, like you were saying, the first interaction is always super tense. But then as it like kind of keeps happening, eventually you get desensitized to their presence. And then they're mm-hmm. just kind of there as another person. Yeah, and it's important to accept your own feelings about it. Uh, maybe even give yourself some some space after an encounter with them in you know in the professional context to just take a couple breaths and name how you're feeling to yourself. Like, ah, oh, I'm feeling, I don't know, really sad about. I mean, there may be some sadness about the disconnect or tension, some disappointment. One of my uh, a favorite social worker author that I ref- that I use a lot talks about some of the the most difficult feelings that people experience. She says they're this is particularly related to people who have eating issues or disordered eating, but it applies to I think everyone that there are seven feelings that are especially difficult for many people. And those are guilt, shame, anxiety, loneliness, confusion, disappointment, and helplessness. And I have really seen that to be true. You know, often when, when and a lot of times anxiety is more of a secondary feeling because one of those other feelings is arising and you don't want to feel it. So you get anxious because you're trying not to feel something that's, that, that's, that's arising in you. And I think other feelings can, can be part of that too. Anger, sadness, grief. I don't want to feel this. So I'm going to push it away. And what happens? You feel anxious because you're trying not to feel something else. And so it might be helpful after 
an encounter where you've like had that tension to go, okay, what, what else am I feeling here? Is it, am, am I still holding on to some disappointment that this, you know, relationship couldn't work out or am I feeling some helplessness? That's a big one. Who likes to feel helpless? Nobody. <laughs> and so, but you, we do, it's a, it, it's a feeling, it's a normal feeling and it happens. It's the kind, it's the feeling we get when we're not in control of something that we want to be in control of. And sometimes just naming it. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling helpless. Okay. I got it out there. I acknowledged it to myself that I'm feeling that. And sometimes that alone can allow the feeling to pass and to return to more of a place of calm and centered. Yeah. How would you say good communication plays a role in living a balanced life? Oh gosh, a big, a big role. A, you know, living a balanced life is not a, a destination or it's not something you achieve once and for all. It's, it's a dynamic thing. Um, that's happening all the time. I, I think about riding a bicycle and you know how you balance on a bicycle as you're riding. It's not about, okay, I'm going to find that sweet spot and I'm going to stay there. <laughs> you, no, it's this constant, subtle shifting and moving. Um, so just, you know, like finding a balanced life, it's this constant dynamic shifting and uh, assessing okay where you know where am I now in this in space and relationship and you know what do I need now what are what do I need now that's different than what I needed an hour ago you know it's, it's there's a, there's a constant uh, reassessing and you know communicating with yourself then that inner dialogue is important and then as you encounter people, along your day, along your week, your life, you know, assessing what's needed there and communicating. And the joy that it brings, you know, sometimes the hard conversations aren't about telling somebody that you're angry or that you're disappointed in them or, or you have to leave a relationship, you know, something like that. It can be something like, oh, I love this person, or I'm so excited to, to, to see you or you know, there's a joy or an excitement that you might be suppressing that also needs to be communicated. Just being willing to express exuberance sometimes is, is what it's about. Brings that level of, well, I think joy to life. And that doesn't always mean happy, joy, happy, but can just that intensity, that intimacy, um, or that, that calmness or whatever, knowing that okay, right now I need, I need some, some peace and quiet, but in an hour, man, I need to call a friend and have a heart to heart. Wait, what, Do you have anything um, else you want to add? Well, I was just thinking about the, you know, communication in the moment, being in the moment with it. And I was thinking as a, you know, as I was in the moment communicating with you today, what am I feeling? And I'm feeling really connected to you in this conversation, Jazzy. And, you know, while I, I, 
I don't have a personal connection, obviously, with anyone who's going to be listening to your podcast. I feel a little anxious, kind of nervous, kind of wanting, you know, wanting to share something that maybe they'll find useful or meaningful. I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> I feel like, oh, I, I should I should know exactly what I want to say right now, but I don't. But just wanting to be in the moment with this and value our time together. Yeah, I love spending time with you too. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you know, you know, something we didn't, I mean, I'll just kind of a, a bit of an addendum. Something we didn't really, that I didn't address really about communication is that it's not just about talking. It's there's lots of ways we communicate, body language, um, gestures, uh, you know. Um, it's a lot of nonverbal communication also that goes along with it, and I think that, and often we we can recognize when when someone's communication isn't authentic because they might be you know, their expression might suggest something other than what they're expressing have you ever you know the the, the classic i'm not angry <laughs> you know <laughs> like hmm, okay um, so talking about body language naming what you're seeing and that can be helpful too and just a, being aware of the body language. What about Eye Zoom? Contact. Zoom? Oh, yeah. Zoom can be difficult because for me anyway, eye contact is, is important. But on Zoom, you can't really achieve that. Like right now, I am looking at your screen. So I feel like I'm looking at you. But really you're not going to experience me experience me looking at you unless i look at my camera right yeah so um <laughs> that's something that i address a lot in doing zoom counseling although i i must say i find meeting with people on zoom to be pretty darn effective and like i do feel like i'm with you even though i know if i take a step back what I'm seeing is an image of you but I it doesn't feel like that it feels like I'm with you yeah and I think you know technology is great that way and it's true I know like if we were in this pandemic 10 years ago how different things would have been no kidding yeah so different what a great conversation thank you yeah no problem so I like to end every episode with a segment I call Roses, Buds, and Thorns. And this is just to give a sense of authenticity between us and the listeners so that they can see that we're real people too. And we go through experiences. So a rose is something that went really well this week. A thorn is something that didn't go great. And a bud is something you're looking forward to. So I always start with thorns because I like to end on positive don'ts. So what was your thorn this week, Alice? Ah, uh, my thorn this week. I guess I would say I, two of my closest friends, longtime friends have had, have had health concerns. And so I've been distracted with concerned thoughts about them. So that's been on my heart a lot this week. Sorry to hear that. 
Yeah, they're, they're doing okay, but um, I couldn't get in touch with one of them for, for days. And I just started worrying a lot about her, but I finally talked to her last night. So she's doing okay. Okay. That's good. <laughs> um, I How about you? this week. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Not much went wrong, actually. Like that's, that's interesting. Like that's the first time it's happened. I guess, um, I'm very disconnected from the gym because I haven't been there since Wednesday and I have clients mm. later today and I'm really not ready to, to train them because I haven't been there since Wednesday and I'm not in that headspace right now. So mm. I guess it's like kind of a thorn that I'm out of that, that hat, but I'll, I'll get there. So, yeah. yeah. What about your butt? Okay. My butt is, is a good one. I am looking forward to a trip to Denver on Saturday. Um, my, my partner, as you know, is an avid biker, uh, mountain biking and road biking right now. He's on a mountain biking trip with a group of, of friends from Ithaca, but they're out West biking. And the friend that he traveled out with in his van, which has bicycles and a bed, um, is not coming back with him. He's flying back to Ithaca. So he asked me if I would fly out to Denver and meet him. And I was excited to do that because I have some longtime friends in Denver that I haven't seen in I, 10 years, probably. So I'm going to fly to Denver and see my friends and then have, have uh, my partner meet them and start our journey back east so we're going to take about a week and a half to get back are you going to be biking along the way too yep absolutely (laughs) how much do you intend on biking well there are a couple of bike parks along the way that he wants to introduce me to of course we will be doing the easy trails (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um one is in bentonville arkansas which is a new um, or newish hub for mountain biking, which has lots of trails and other places too. But yeah, we'll probably, I don't know if we'll bike every day. Um, I would probably say at least every other day. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. How about <laughs> your, your bud? Uh, my bud... I guess I'm looking forward to marathon training now <laughs> because I just finished a half marathon, which is my yep. race this week too. Um, so now I'm excited for the next goal. I, I guess I should probably get off of like goals because then I don't want to end up running like a hundred miles. I don't want to be that person, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm excited to start training for the, the full 26 next. And I'm going to start that soon, hopefully. I don't know what it's going to do in the winter because then I also want to move back to weightlifting at some point because as I mentioned in episode 11 with Kaylee, they are conflicting goals. So I can't really be focusing on running a full marathon and trying to like PR at the, at the gym. It doesn't really work that way. So I got to figure that out, but I'm still looking forward to the next thing. I think maintenance goals are underrated. I think, you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think maintenance goals can be really good. Like, okay, just you know, the, the consistency. Yeah, 
Yeah, I could I could work on that one instead of jumping to <laughs> right now. But I've got the adrenaline going still. So yeah. And what's your rose? For the last week, I guess I would say the weather here in Ithaca has been gorgeous. I've been outside a lot. I I um let my lawn service go. And that was, I mean, kind of uh, along the lines of relationships that need to end. <laughs> I was I was just not happy with the work they were doing um, all summer. And so I decided I would try mowing my own lawn. It's a big lawn and I've always hired a lawn service to do it, but I borrowed a lawnmower and I mowed my own lawn and I actually enjoyed it. Huh. So I've been outside working in my yard a lot more in the last week than I have in a long time. It's just been beautiful and I've gotten a lot of joy out of it. So that's, that's my, my, that's my rose. <laughs> How about All you? Right. Oh, I said mine running the half marathon finally. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that was, yeah, it happened. And I got a, yeah. a nice little medal and a shirt and I feel really accomplished. So that is a good feeling. Yeah. All right. Are you on social media or anything? You know, I'm not, I don't have, I'm, I don't, I'm not on Facebook or I just haven't ventured into that realm. Okay. <laughs> One of these days. So if I were to do that, which platform would you recommend? Hmm. I guess it depends on what your goals are with social media. My my youngest daughter, who is his, is into social media a lot and has quite a presence, um, she recommends Instagram. Hmm. She likes that one. What yeah, that's think? the big one nowadays. Like most yeah. people are on Instagram and then Facebook. I feel like Facebook's better if you want more like connection, connection because Instagram you're just posting photos of stuff and hmm. like, but. Yeah. And then Twitter's Twitter. I don't know. I don't touch Twitter. <laughs> Some people still use it, but yeah. But, okay. So if people want to contact you somehow, <laughs> how can they reach oh, you? Oh, wow. Um, good question. You know, huh, I guess my Ithaca.edu email, it is um, A. Mileman. My last name is spelled M E. I L M A N. So that's A Mileman at Ithaca, I T H A C A dot edu. All right. So if you have any questions about communication for Alice or you just want to say good job, feel free to reach out to her somehow. So thank you again for listening this week. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your weeks. Please like, share, subscribe leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts. It really helps other people find the show and I would really appreciate it. Yeah. So I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Harmony and Healing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harmony and Healing Podcast. And you can find me personally at the Jazzy Tubist on both Facebook and Instagram and at my website, jasminepiggett.com. I'll see you next Thursday. Thank <laughs> you.